We all have a past, don't we? Before we got saved, maybe even while we were saved, maybe we did some things that we weren't proud of. We all have things that we wish we could change, but we can't. That's the past. And that guilt is something that we often live with, right? And that guilt is used against us saying, hey, you know what you did. You think that God wants to save you? You think that God cares about you after all the things that you did? That's a lie. Because God does care about you. God does care about you. He cares about you so much that he wants to liberate you. That is to be set free. That is the state of being. Deliverance is an action. Being set at liberty is a state of being that you can be freed from your past. Okay, can we just talk about the elephant in the room? And by the elephant in the room, I clearly mean the Congo. And you're going to be like, well, Ben, that's so random. No, it's not random. Listen, okay. I just watched a Disney documentary this past weekend about the Congo. And we watched one about Russia. We watched multiple of them. And all of them had some redeeming qualities to it. The one about the Congo, no way. Nope, not even one animal I saw in that stinking documentary looked even a little bit pleasant to the eyes. And you might be thinking I'm over-exaggerating. I'm not, guys. It was the most uncomfortably disgusting animals that they chose to put on there. And if you don't believe me, you can go look at it. I think it's called, like, Wild Congo or something. It's on Disney+. Plus. I, I couldn't believe it. The entire time, I was like, man, where are all of the cute animals? You know, if God blessed Texas, he really apparently forgot, to, he forgot that the Congo even existed. It was like... It's as if, like, the animal kingdom is, like, high school and the Congo is, like, a, a band nerd table. I was a band nerd, by the way. Also, band, pe- band kids are actually pretty cool. Like, I don't think that stereotype even fits anymore. But you know what I'm talking about. Like, go watch a 90s sitcom and you know what I'm talking about. Like, like the band kids. That's what, it, that's, what it, that's what it looked like when I was watching that documentary. And I just couldn't believe it. One animal after the next after the next was just so unpleasant to look at. If you don't believe me, look up the shoebill Congo bird. Whoa. That thing. It looks like if if a cartoon mob boss turtle, snapping turtle, somehow fell into a, a pool full of electric flamingos and got discolored. And turned into like this weird monster looking thing. That's what it looks like. It looks like if you look at the right pictures. I'll, I'll put a link to the picture in this um, in the descriptions. But it looks, it looks like it's planning the most evil scheme I've ever seen in my life. I don't. I don't. And the snapping turtle thing with its mouth. Not cool. But it turns out apparently. Because I just looked up Congo animals. That there are a lot of cute Congo animals. Like, like there's leopards. Leopards are in the Congo. Why could we not look at the leopards, Disney? Why did we have to look at the, the, the termites and stuff? And the freaky chameleons. Chameleon tongues are disgusting. Can we just, can we all agree on that? Nobody, nobody likes the looks of chameleons. They're, they're just the most disgusting things. Why did, why did we focus so much on these disgusting animals when there are cute animals in the Congo. I'm sorry. This is just a random, random thing that I'm talking about. But that's because I, I couldn't believe what I was watching. 
And this this opening is a little bit just to break break you guys in. You know, <laughs> I don't want just want to cold jump in to what I'm talking about today. So this is something just kind of get me warmed up around the mic. And this is a reasonable cause. Honestly, I don't think I'm even going to read out of the Bible today. I don't. I think I'm just going to talk about the the Congo animals and all of the different ones. Did you know that the shoebill bird is actually a very, very sneaky bird? Some even might call him a sneaker. Okay, Disney actually did make me laugh when they said that one um, on, the, on the documentary. Actually, my um, girlfriend's mom and my girlfriend were both sleeping, so I couldn't laugh as hard as I wanted to at that joke, but I definitely laughed. And it turns out they weren't even sleeping, so I could have actually laughed like a human being, and it would have been fine. But, yeah, that actually did get me a, a sneaker. If that doesn't show you my sense of humor, I don't know what does, but... Anyway, today I told you that, or last week, I told you that today I was going to have Donovan Jones on with me, and I don't. Um, <laughs> the scheduling didn't work out, there were some problems, but next week, I have it recorded, so next week it will air, and we're talking about something very, very important, it's something that we don't often talk about, so definitely tune in for that. Today, I am actually just kind of re-airing something that I did live about a week ago. Um, I, I, this is my first time, I think, doing something that I did live, like posting something that I did in front of a crowd. So it's a different type of experience. It's a, it's really, um, just a little bit more freestyle instead of me just sitting here overthinking everything that I'm saying because I can edit it. I can't edit it when I'm in front of people. So that helps out a little bit. Um, yeah. So today it's actually, it's, it's out of the same passage and it's kind of the same thing that I did a little while ago, like probably close to a year ago now, we're getting, we're getting really far into the year. Actually, my, the, my podcast turned a year old about, uh, at the beginning of November. So that's really cool. Anyway. Um, yeah, it was something that I talked about a little while ago on the podcast, but this is something I, I add some new things to it and it's a little bit better quality because I'm getting a little bit more used to talking. So without further ado, here is who is Jesus to you? Revised. Jesus really is a wonderful name, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I'm actually going to talk about that wonderful name today. So I want to thank you guys all for being here. And I mean, there's a lot of people here for an afternoon service just to come and hear us talk. So I really appreciate that. Um, today, just to give you a little bit of insight on what's going on, um, Brent was talking to me and I was like, he said, I'm going to go get some pizza. And I was like, oh, that sounds like a great idea. I didn't know that I was going to eat half a pizza all by myself. So I don't, I, I'm not too sure about the whole we don't wrestle with flesh and blood thing because I'm feeling it right now inside of me. Whew. So um, yeah, I want to thank you all for being here today. And um, we're going to be in Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4, and verse 16 is what we're going to begin in. And the title of this message I'm going to give you up front, just so you can kind of have your point of view ready as we talk through it. The title is, Who is Jesus to you? Jesus is, Jesus is God, right? Jesus is the Savior, that's, that's true. But Jesus has done specific things in your life, hasn't he? 
And I want, to, I want you to think about, as we're going through this, and I'm reminding you of all the great things, and God has shown me this stuff um, this past week and just reminded me of all the great things he's done. I want you to really focus in on how good God has been to you. And the second point of view I want you to get is if you're in here and you haven't accepted Jesus as your Savior. You don't understand what I'm talking about here because you haven't experienced it for yourself. I want you to understand God doesn't have respect to persons. Whatever he's done for me, whatever he's done for anybody else in this room, whatever he's done for anybody in history, he can do for you. And he wants to do for you. So we're going to begin in verse 16. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of Isaiah. And when he opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering the sight of the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, I thank you for this day, God. I thank you for how wonderful you are to us. And I just pray that you please help um, me be able to articulate what I'm trying to say here in a way that hits um, their hearts, God. And I pray that you please help their hearts to be open. And I pray that you please not only use me, God, but take me over right now and just help, help everything that's said here, God, to be what you want to be said. And I just thank you for everything you are and everything you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so Jesus is going to Nazareth, and he's going to the synagogue and he's preaching, which that's a whole nother message on the courage and, and the authority that God had when he did that. But he opens up the word of God and he reads the passage out of Isaiah, which is a for, a shadow, I guess is what you could say, of Jesus. It's, it's foretelling what Jesus did. And he's saying right here, he's, he begins reading, to show them who he is, to show them what he can do for them. And he says first, the first point I want to bring up is he is a preacher to the poor. And the, he says, he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Remember how I said God doesn't have respect to persons? He doesn't. If you look through all of, all of the Bible, you can see how the woman at the well, that was a woman that nobody would have talked to. Nobody would have. You look at the lepers, those are people that were pushed out of society. They weren't even allowed to be in society. Jesus knelt down and Jesus talked to him. And Jesus preached the good news to him. A lot of us, we have this, we, I think everybody in this room at least at one point has felt not good enough. Everybody in this room has probably felt like, who, who am I? Jesus preached to the poor. And the day that I got saved, Jesus preached to the poor. Not, so, not because I was anything great, but because God loves me. And God loves you. All God wants to do is preach to you and tell you, hey, I paid your way. God is an amazing God. And that's the first thing is that he preached to the poor. He doesn't care who you are. He doesn't care what you think you've done. He doesn't care what others think of you. He loves you, and he wants you to understand that. So he says he's a preacher to the poor, and he hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted. 
Now, when I read that, I thought, a lot of you guys know me personally, and you guys know that last year was a big, there was a lot of things going on last year. And I had a lot of heartbreak last year. God healed me from that. And God wants to heal you. Everybody in here has had a broken heart. Everybody in here has, has had things in their life that, that they just wish didn't happen. They, the circumstances that were out of your control, things happened to you, and you're hurt by it. You know, it's interesting. I heard somebody say it this one time. God never promised you a, good, a perfect life, right? He never did. There's going to be trials. As a matter of fact, God promised the opposite, that to them that love the Lord, they're going to be persecuted, right? I'm paraphrasing that. But that's what God said. God never promised you a perfect life, but what he promised you is if you accepted him as your Savior, he's going to give you a perfect Savior to walk you through it. You're not going to have a perfect life. You're going to have heartbreaks. But he's the one that heals you. He's the one like a father walking beside you and ready to pick you up whenever you fall. He wants to heal you. And for those of you that have been through that stuff, you can testify that God heals the brokenhearted. Can I, is that right? Yeah. We, we can't live this life alone. We can't because it's too much. But God heals the brokenhearted. And if you're in here today and you have a broken heart, God can heal you from it. If, and um, this is a verse in Psalm. In the day I cried, a little, let me reread that. In the day I cried, thou answerest me and strengthenest me with the strength in my soul. God can strengthen you. That's in Psalm 138. God can strengthen you. And I love the way that he says, in the day that I cried out, you saved me. In the day that I cried out, you answered me. He wants to give you strength. He wants to heal your broken heart. That is an amazing Savior. Number three, it says that he has preached deliverance to the captives. Now, this reminds me of Romans 5, 8, for while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, right? We were our captives. You know, the, the world likes to make you think that if you, if, if you do what you want, you're free. There's, there's this idea that freedom comes by doing what you want. When in reality, doing what you want, doing the things that you think make you happy, are going to make you a captive. And God is here to set you free from that. Anybody that struggled with sin, which everybody in here I'm sure has struggled with sin, you know the captivity that puts on you. Jesus is ready to break you free out of it. And I love the way that God, the, the word deliverance is like an action. He's here to deliver you. You can't deliver yourself. That took an action. And that action was that he saw our depraved state and he said, I love them so much, I'm going to go on that cross and I'm going to die for them. And I love them even more than that, I'm going to raise again so I can live with them. I'm going to raise again so that I can have power over the grave, so that you don't have to pay, so that I didn't have to pay. God is an amazing God. Let's keep reading. In number four, he recovered, it says that, and recovering of the sight to the blind. I love the way that God can make us, can help us see. We're, we're all blind. We don't understand the things of God. God says that, uh, you know, the, the common man, or I can't even remember the way that it's, that it's worded, but the common man can't understand the things of God, is what it says. God wants to open your eyes. And uh, maybe some of this, maybe you're in here and you don't understand 
the goodness that God does. Maybe you're in here and you don't understand how he, can, how he has preached deliverance to the captives. Maybe you don't understand that. You can understand it and God can open your eyes. God's word can open your eyes and he wants to open your eyes to show you how you are a depraved person. I am a depraved person. Our sin has done this. And if you don't believe on Jesus, you're already condemned. You know, the world thinks that, hey, if God's a loving God, why would all these bad things happen to me? If God's a loving God, why, why do people go to hell? Why does he send people to hell? God, God isn't the one sending you to hell. That's our, your sin. God's allowing you to do the things that you want. That's your sin. That sin is de- sending you to hell. God says that he came not into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And you can only understand that if you have your eyes open. Praise God that he opens our eyes, right? Because the world has this completely backwards idea of what God is. But God wants to open your eyes. And number five, the last one, to liberate the bruised. Now that word bruised there can also be translated into shattered, crushed. We all have a past, don't we? Before we got saved, Maybe even while we were saved, maybe we did some things that we weren't proud of. We all have things that we wish we could change, but we can't. That's the past. And that guilt is something that we often live with, right? And that guilt is used against us saying, hey, you know what you did. You think that God wants to save you? You think that God cares about you after all the things that you did? That's a lie, because God does care about you. God does care about you. He cares about you so much that he wants to liberate you. That is to be set free. That is the state of being. Deliverance is an action. Being set at liberty is a state of being that you can be freed from your past. All the things that you did, God already knew you were going to do that, and he knew that while he was on the cross. And he still said it was worth it. He still said it was worth it for us. God wants to set you free from your past. And even Christians, even people that are saved, oftentimes feel regret for the things that we've done in the past, don't, right? Oftentimes I think of the things that I've done and I'm like, I, I hate it. I hate it, which we should hate it. But I let that sink in. And I wallow in it. And I say, how can a God that's perfect love me? That's the problem with what Satan does. He takes your past. He takes something that's true. You did that stuff. That's right. That's not the lie. The truth is you did do these things to God. The truth is you did. You did transgress against him. But the lie is that God doesn't love you enough to save you from it. The lie is that God can't liberate you because he can. Not only can he, but he will. Something I love in Malachi, it talks about, and I think this can go for all of God's promises, he's, it talks about trying God. That if you don't give to me what I ask of you, see if I won't do what I tell you I'm going to. God says, try me. And we have this idea that, that maybe God won't save me. Maybe God won't forgive me. God says, hey, try me. Come before me as a broken and contrite spirit. Come before me to, and, and ask for forgiveness. See if I won't forgive you. Because he will. God's promise is always going to hold up. But there's always a condition to that promise. 
The condition is, are you going to come before me and ask for my repentance? Are you going to come before me and ask that your sight can be opened? Are you going to come before me and ask? When we come before him, it talks about, like I said in Psalm, he says, when I cried unto thee, thou answerest me. The key point is he had to cry unto God before he answered him. God is going to hold up his side of the promise. But the condition under which we, what we do will determine what God does for us. Because God's ready. He, he doesn't even have to pay for it anymore. He already paid for what you've done. He's ready to give you that gift. He's ready to give you that pardon if you are not saved here today. The question isn't, is God going to give you the pardon? The question is, are you going to let him? Are you going to receive it? Because God can be all these things to you. He can, he can preach to the poor. Oh, wow. Goodness gracious. <laughs> he can preach to the poor. He, he can be the healer of the brokenhearted. He wants to deliver you from your captivity. Give you sight. He wants to liberate you from your past. He wants to do all these things. And he already did do all of these things. These are things that God already did when he was on that cross, thinking of you. But he's asking are you going to come to me? Are you going to humble yourself and come to me? God wants to save you. The question is, do you want God to save you? And for those of you that are saved, isn't it great to know that this is what God did for us? Every single thing that I mentioned here is something that I, can, I could sit up here and tell you specific points in my life where God did this for me. And that's the God that we serve, that he does love us enough. And as we end off yet another episode, I want to remind you of John 3.16. For God so loved the world, that's you, that's me, you can put your name in there, that he gave his only begotten son. Don't forget that you are loved by God. Don't let anybody tell you that you are not worth it because you were worth enough that Jesus Christ bled and died on the cross for you. And don't forget, you can follow me on Instagram and DM me with any questions, comments, or concerns you might have on this episode, and I will gladly get back to you as soon as possible. So until next time, God bless.